We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Hello and welcome to another thrilling episode of Union of the Unknowns. And we have a fantastic cast of unknowns for you tonight. We have Keel, the crazily good guy from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Howdy. We have the absolutely fantastic Ashley, think change repeat. Hello. The giant... Hello, the ginormously great Justin is in count. Hello, hello. Let's say hello. <laughs> the stupendously brilliant Stella from Australia. I thought you were going to say stupid then. Hi, waving <laughs> from over the waves. <laughs> <laughs> and me, Terry, the terror of the Canary Islands, uh, who will be your host tonight. So uh, tonight's topic is going to be UFOs. Um, now, I've no idea uh, what my fellow unknowns think about this. We haven't really talked about this much on the Discord channel where we interact a lot. Uh, but I'm going to start off with where I come from on this. It, it's probably my kind of gateway drug to conspiracies because it's, it's one of the first unusual topics I started to look into when I was a, maybe a young teenager reading books and, and not quite sure what to make of it, but being interested by the stories. And then I came across this guy, um, J. Allen Hynek, who some of you may have heard of. He was the uh, he was an astronomer originally, and he was brought on to uh, the US Air Force's Project Blue Book, which was their sort of official project to investigate UFOs. And he was there as a sort of scientist to sort of try and come up with astronomical explanations of things. And, and really the idea was they were trying to explain away everything they saw. And this guy started off as a very hardcore skeptic about it. In fact, he very famously came up with the, uh, on one sighting where people saw, you know, the typical sort of strange light in the sky, zipping around and doing crazy things. Uh, he was the one who came up with the, uh, the, the explanation of it being swamp gas, which was widely ridiculed at the time obvious reasons uh but he actually changed over the he, he worked for blue book for many years and it, he gradually just by the weight of the evidence of, of all these people who he was meeting ordinary people with nothing to gain really reporting these extraordinary sightings of craft or strange lights in the sky sometimes landings that that left marks on the ground sometimes even beings that came out of the of the spacecraft who clearly weren't human and he changed uh, his mind to be quite a believer, actually. And he, he wrote some, some very famous books about it. And he was actually the one who came up with the idea of the different types of close encounters. So the film Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, he came up with that term. He came up with these different types of close encounters to try and categorize the different sorts of sightings he, he was coming across. So um, I think my position on it is... There's definitely a phenomenon. It's a strange phenomenon. It's hard to explain conventionally. Um, I became fairly convinced at one point um, when I was quite young that the Earth was being visited by aliens and that there were powerful people covering it up. I think my position might be a bit more nuanced now. Uh, but uh, so it sort of opened my eyes to the idea of sort of grand conspiracies and that things might not be quite what, what they seem. So I'm going to open it up to everyone else and see what they, they think about that. Well, um, I was looking through this I, this book I've got here. Um, it's the Time Life series from the 1980s. Time Life series from the 1980s. Um, Mysteries of the Unknown, and this is the UFO volume. But uh, yeah, it's got Heineck listed in here. I was just looking him up. His 1972 book, The UFO Experience, that might be the one you were, you were reading. It's a brilliant book. It's really highly convincing. Brilliant book. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I don't I think it's very possible that we're visited by aliens all the time. But I, I tend to think about 
if you know if we are being visited i think the technology level and cultural evolution between us and a and a, a society that has the means to travel across space in that way would probably be equivalent to you know and you know a colony of ants being looked at by people you know i don't think the ants really quite know that we're there you know they just yeah. notice something gets a shadow passes over their mound or their if we kick it or burn them with a with a magnifying glass i don't know what's going on it's just weird stuff happening to their well, their colony probably maybe <laughs> yeah so i i i think if if we're being visited by aliens i don't i don't really think we could we could capture them on film and you know interact with them at this point um, maybe one day we'll they'll announce oh yeah you know we've been talking to aliens for the past you know 100 years and yada 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 and then they come and visit us and shit like that but until that happens i'm not i don't know i say it's possible i don't know if it's probable well there's uh an old quote from uh, arthur c clark who was a sci-fi writer uh famous for things like you know um 2001 a space odyssey um childhoods and stuff like that and uh one of his quotes is that two possibilities exist either we are alone in the universe or we are not both are equally terrifying <laughs> which yeah. i thought was pretty like profoundly true because it's both both options are really quite terrifying uh you never know who, like like, are we just alone in the universe and we'll never have anyone else to interact with? Or is one day a race of, you know, green men going to come down and abduct us and anally rape everyone? Like, well, that would be the best case scenario, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> did... yeah, look, I always try to be nice to lizards <laughs> just in case. Right. Different, different uh, strokes for different folks. Now, is wasn't it? It's the uh, what the Drake equation is that what it's called that uh, allows us to calculate the probability of there being ad advanced civilizations elsewhere in the universe. And I, th I think that's it's it's Trust a the science. It's a reasonable uh, equation in my mind, uh, and. Wow. It, it, well, I'm, you can't. I have to differ with you somewhere there. The the. Sorry, yeah, carry. I'll, I'll let you finish your thought. Well, it's the the punchline is that there's just so many stars in the universe. If you believe that there are stars in the universe, mm -hmm. that the the chances of there not being, you know, life on other planets that has evolved to the state is so tiny that it. <laughs> It just, it must be true somewhere. Well, we just don't, don't know how to don't, find it. Talk to don't them. they say that the universe is infinitely growing and expanding as well? Yeah, I guess. Or just they infinite. They a lot of things, but no one really knows. In it. Uh, I, just I, I was just going to say like... that a lot of you... Sorry. Sorry, sorry you can No, Terry, you go first, because you were going to say something before. You go. Yeah, a lot of UFO researchers who are on the alien in the aliens camp uh, are somewhat scornful of the SETI people, which is what you were talking about, search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And they mm. were ones who came up with the Drake equation. And, you know, it's it, it looks all nice on paper, but every single term <laughs> in that equation is highly unknown. So it doesn't really yeah. mean anything. And there's no way of calculating. But I mean, I, I agree with your statement that you know the universe is very big and the chances are there's other intelligent life and civilizations out there. And uh, uh, I, I think that where UFO researchers have problems with SETI people is that they're, they're trying to do it all via radio telescopes. And they're, you know, they, um, so people are, you know, more sensible people would say, well, why do you think they're going to use that technology? You know, just because we're using it right now, they're going to be thousands of years more advanced than that and they might be using something we didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, we don't we don't know. I mean, it, they they the society that is 
at our same level of technology, maybe so far away that their transmissions just won't reach us for another thousand years or something, you know, just the, the, through space. But it, it really, if we know that, that at least one example of intelligent life exists in the universe, so we right know here. it's possible. Yeah, that's right there. <laughs> Justin, is it? <laughs> yeah, it would be impo impossible to calculate <clears throat> something like that because the chances of us even happening, if well, it depends again where you're coming from. Yeah, what you know, um, what yeah. <laughs> the origin story yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like that's evolution. Right. It's been a bit poo pooed now. I think we all know that evolution isn't, we didn't come from apes. We, a lot of us, as mm -hmm. Sam Tripoli often says, we're monkeys with shoes, but I don't think we actually evolved from apes. I was oh. just going to say about, <clears throat> when you're talking about, excuse me, the size of the universe, um, I tend to really go with, I mean, like, I believe very much, in, we're all fractals. And so if we start off at like a cellular nucleus level, work our way right through to the universe, who's to say that the universe is where that last fractal is you know that's probably just a fractal of the next fractal so how can we possibly calculate anything um and how can we know anything but all i know is that if they're looking out that we should be looking in <laughs> yeah maybe maybe this universe is just belongs to us like you know this planet belongs to us but maybe it's the universe itself and we have to go find another universe that has another civilization and instead of looking for other planets maybe it's something as vast a concept as that might be look out look after yeah. our own universe first yeah that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be a novel <laughs> don't worry uh, Trump. what do you, what do you think ashley you haven't so, uh, sorry i was gonna see what ashley thought about it all uh, you've got a more christian perspective on things i think so you might have a different point of view you know, I, I'm not sure. I was kind of thinking about that as we were headed into doing this topic. And I, I really don't know because my things that I have found out about or heard about or heard people mention over the years has been so vast. And, um, you know, originally I thought kind of like what Justin said, either we're alone or we're not. Um, and either one is terrifying or either one is kind of overwhelming. And so I used to think, well, for sure, like, look at all these galaxies and all these things that they see that are, that are so far away from us. How could we, how could there not be some other life out there? But then, um, you know, recently, as we have talked about, I don't necessarily say that space is fake and gay, but I certainly will concede that I just don't know. Um, I don't know what they're being truthful about, what they're not being truthful about, as far as what they say that they capture with these, you know, their telescopes, um, that they're observing a, a section of space for a very long time, and they see all these stars and galaxies, and I'm like, it, do, did they really? Are they really? I don't, I don't know. And then you have the other element of, um, like the Bob Lazar and his explanation of what he went through. And he talked about that in his interview with Joe Rogan. And you had a, a journalist out of California who very much, I believe he's out of California, that very much believed in what Bob Lazar was saying. And Bob was like, I know what I saw. I saw flying saucers. I saw people or something that looked like, you know, alien life form. And then you have, um, as, <clears throat> I just have kind of started looking into that, but you have some of the occult symbolism aspect of it too. And this tie in with Saturn and like these Satanists are obsessed with Saturn. And I, so pretty much, I, I don't think that that really answers the question, but I really am like, I, I really have no idea. You know, I, I think there's so many weird things. Sensible viewpoint. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many weird things that people have experienced or have said that they experienced and that have um, said that they have seen and things like that. So I certainly not opposed to the idea and more of just have really thought I really have no clue. <laughs> can can I ask you, was Bob Lazar the one that um, said like he worked at 
um, like a top secret laboratory and he had described a um, specific element that they had found uh, with the spacecrafts that wasn't even mm-hmm. discovered until very more like very recently. Yes. Yeah, he worked at Area 51. I don't remember the name Area of the, 51, he says, yeah. the it was a, like a nuclear it was an yeah. element. But it was it was theoretical. It was an element that, that's not been iridium know, that, that doesn't not, not iridium? been created yet. So it's off the end. Uh, no, it's it's off the end of the periodic yeah, table. It's, so we're not it, aware of it if it exists. It was a it was theoretical back then. So the he didn't just come up with it, you know. And then and then I think later on they no, it's still they not of, um I think it's, it's it's been proved that it's it can exist or something, right? We just haven't isolated it or something like that. Element one one five. I'll explain. It's off the end of the periodic table, so yeah. um, all the the ones that which you know more a bigger atomic mass and more um, protons and neutrons. So we we artificially or humanity has artificially created elements of very high. Uh, atomic numbers that don't exist in nature because they're too unstable. There's this theoretical idea that if you go a bit further, you'll hit an island of stability, so you will get stable elements. I think what he's talking about is that, you know, these aliens actually use one of these elements that we haven't created yet, but might possibly exist as a stable form. They will definitely exist in some form, but we haven't made them yet. Yeah, He's an interesting dude. I mean, uh, the whole field of ufos is more than anything else possibly is absolutely awash with misinformation uh and there may be a good reason for that there was a a canadian uh he was a politician and he was very high level he was like the canadian defense minister or something in the 60s i think or possibly the 50s uh and the prime minister at the time said uh you know i want you to into this ufo thing So he contacted some high-level American politicians who he obviously knew quite well. uh, And he came back and he said, uh, this is a real thing. He says, this is the most secret thing you could think of. It's much higher uh, secrecy level than nuclear weapons. Uh, And that's all I can find out about it. You know, there seems to be something going on in secret in America, but nobody seems to know much about it. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to throw in there too, that makes me even more confused is the fact that you have some people in the truther community and not saying they're right or wrong, because basically I'm, I'm saying, I don't know, but these are things that I'm thinking through is I believe it, what is it? Project blue beam, where there's a prediction that, you know, there's going to be an alien invasion or something like that. Um, I don't know if it will be a psyop or something like that. People have been saying ever since kind of post COVID, like, okay, next next up, it's the alien invasion. Watch out! Haven't you been? I think they've attention? been working. I think they've been working on that psyop for a long time. It's I'm I'm off the camp, but yes, um, we're gonna be, we're gonna be highly well not us, but a lot of people are gonna be highly deceived um, with a massive psyop. It's got a lot to do with. Uh, excuses for money laundering, um, living in fear—you know the old multifaceted thing. <clears throat> I'm I'm actually in the camp that Bob Lazar is not authentic. I'm mm-hmm. also of the camp that Area 51 is not authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was a cover for something else. Yeah, that's that's something a lot bigger. Probably true, but I think uh, Lazar is telling some truth because you can find records of him. You know, in, in Princeton it, or wherever, and then and they they claim he was never there, but clearly he was there, and he was also pictured or listed in the 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 city where all of the people who work at, at Groom Lake or Area Fifty One, uh, where he was there also. So there there are some data points that contradict the official state story about him being completely you know, fraudulent. So he, he does have some credibility, but everything else about his story is just him saying stuff. And I, he seems like he's a, he's a smart guy. I mean, when he was a kid, he was building rockets and stuff out of his toys. And I mean, like actual usable, like rocket sleds and stuff. And, uh, and he runs a, a a chemical company or like a, uh, 
a company up in Michigan or something that that creates chemicals for chemical labs, something like that. So he's, I think he's got the knowledge base that somebody in his position would have. But after that, it's kind of, you know, you believe what he says or not. Stella? Yeah, I just, I just feel that um, he could well be part of an MK Ultra program. Um, you know, controlled opposition is not something that just pops up out of the blue. It's very, very planned. I believe this PSYOP is been planned for a very long time as well, um, mm. that they've seen the advantage. I think it's very, you know, very tied in with the, you know, Germans, Operation Paperclip, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he, he could be well be, whether he's aware of it or not, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know any of this. This is just my speculation based on lots and lots and lots of reading and lots of different points of view. Um, also, my Christian perspective, um, I think there's a, a massive deception coming for who's going to, we'll probably end up getting the people that didn't fall for the other couple of mass deceptions. No, I, I wouldn't disagree with that because uh, as always, whenever there's something going on, the, the sort of deep state are all over it and trying to use it for their own ends. But um, I think when you go back to the history of UFOs, you know, the, the first sort of proper modern sighting was in back in 1947. Um, and, you know, the people who try to explain it by secret technology, I don't really think anyone, not even the Nazis in secret, had technology that could, you know, do some of the things that, that people were seeing. So having said that, like Did I they? said earlier on, my, my position is a bit more nuanced because I was all I was very much a nuts and bolts guy in that, you know, I thought there were aliens in physical spaceships visiting. I think there's probably some other things going on as well. I think maybe the US military, uh, uh, for example, abducting some people uh, and pretending to be aliens uh, and using sort of MK Ultra techniques to, to as, a, as a cover to give them screen memories. But I also think there are, might, might be some genuine alien interaction going on as well. It's, it's very, and then I wouldn't discard, disregard the possibility that some of these are sort of creatures from other dimensions or saying it was a more sort of Christian because a lot of Christians say they're just demons, you know, and mm -hmm. you, know, you shouldn't. Yep, be that's where I sit. Them. So I don't really, I don't really know where I stand exactly now. But I think, I think if if I were to guess, I think there's probably some aspect of it that is aliens visiting the planet. Because, like Kiel says, there's a lot of them out there, uh, and they're going to be curious about other civilizations. So they're probably just, you know, coming to see what we're up to. Well, my, one of my big issues with the whole thing is just the term UFO in general, because that's just such a wide array of so many different, like the tribes that are like just, you know, uncontacted for the most part. And you got the National Geographic reporter people flying a drone over their island. They're chucking spears at it. Like that's that's literally yeah. an alien spaceship to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that well, means an unidentified flying object, something flying that you don't know what it is. Right. They're, they're, I'm, I mean, that's the smart move for them, really, because we know what's going to happen if Western culture invades and destroys their their tribe existence. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's not so, like there's right. thousands of years of history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, so it, if we see aliens, we should immediately try to shoot them down because we don't want their their dumb culture destroying ours, right? <laughs> um, I did. I wanted to uh, bring up two two quick things. So one of them, as Stella had mentioned, um, Operation Paperclip, and probably most people that are listening to this are maybe familiar with that. But if you're not, it's worth checking out, which is basically where the United States government post World War II ended up helping. Nazi scientists come to the United States with new um, identities and things like that and to bring them on to the space program, if that was really ever what it was. I don't know. Then the other thing that I wanted to bring up, oh, oh yeah, so there's the tie-in with Operation Paperclip. There's an author, Annie Jacobson, who wrote pretty mm. extensively about Operation Paperclip. And then she also has a book called Area 51, An Uncensored History of America's Top Secret Military Base, where she covers some of the Bob Lazar stuff and then some of the other history of Area 51. 
And then I will say that from what I have seen of these books, I enjoy them and there's a lot of good information, but I'm also trying to keep in my mind, how do I know that she's not also working for the government? I mean, if you're truly exposing something, then it seems that there is a history of those people being suicided or having a terrible accident or something like that. And she's totally fine. She's continuing to publish books. So it's always something that I just am asking myself that question of like, is she legit? Is she, you know, part of that disinformation, like a little, like some nuggets of truth sprinkled with some, you know, some rabbit trail or or what, however you want to describe that. And then the other thing that I wanted to bring up was, um, What what was her name again? Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Annie Jacobson, A-N-N-I-E, Jacobson, J-A-C-O-B-S-E-N. I just want to double check. Um, There's a bit of stuff um, that she does on YouTube, which is another pointer that is worth considering. (laughs) Okay, yes, uh, I'll check that out. And then the other point that I wanted to bring up is that I saw, now the context that this tweet was presented in my opinion, was absurd. It was like, oh, it's just white supremacist or whatever for, it's like the height of white supremacy for people to be thinking that alien life form is interested in us, which I thought was absurd. But in this particular tweet, they pointed to the fact that most sightings in the entire world have been concentrated in the United States. So I can't vouch for that. I don't know that for sure, but I just thought that that was an interesting thing for us to at least discuss. And if that was truly the case, then that would also point, at least that would kind of lead me to believe that maybe there was a lot more military happening than we really know about. Except how do we know that China doesn't just censor everyone that maybe China doesn't release, you know, their abductees back out into the wild? <laughs> hey, that in for me, anything is on the table. It's They're very possible. There's a sort of mainstream ufology idea, if, you, if there's such a thing that, um, you know, it's been a lot of crashed UFOs, possibly shot down by the U.S. military on the whole of which Roswell was the most famous one. And then they went to, uh, they were able to sort of uh, back engineer some of the technology. Uh, and the story is that things like circuit boards, uh, you know, printed circuits, lasers, fiber optics, a lot of that technology, which sort of keep, seemed to come from nowhere very suddenly and, you know, made it, we had a big technological leap in the 40s, 50s and 60s. Uh, some people say that that's where it came from. And then they, so now... If you see strange craft in the sky, it could well be a U.S. military craft because you know they've got maybe technology that they got from these aliens. Aliens, things like gravity control, perhaps, and you know, um, free energy that which might well exist. You know, where you're tapping into the quantum uh, vacuum. Uh, so who knows, Justin? Yeah. Um. So you just reminded me. If aliens aren't real, and if we haven't been visited by aliens, then who the fuck built pyramids? Previous <laughs> civilizations. Yeah, it's like, because like, you, you just reminded me. To Justin. Just like you're talking about these gaps in technology that just, you know, exponentially. But what's a greater leap in technology of being gun- hunter-gatherers and then pulling fucking boulders from you know thousands of miles away and then stacking them up perfectly in the middle of a desert the theory there is that there, uh, going there's there, been lost technology yeah. from ancient civilizations that um have mm-hmm. come and gone and then come and gone come and gone we're here um yeah. we're the current civilization that will disappear at some point i guess uh, but just getting back to something Terry was just saying, uh, I mean, you um, would have heard about the Nazi bell. Die Glock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was around before yeah. Roswell. And I just think the aliens are a perfect cover up for other technology that they don't want us to know about at this point or any point, perhaps. And that's oh, been around longer than they I wouldn't eliminate that possibility because, yeah, there's a strand of ufology thought that it is basically secret Nazi technology that's now been taken over by the West and, and others. Philadelphia. Uh, because as you say, they were working on this thing, the, the bell, 
which nobody knows what it really was, but it does look a bit like a UFO. Um, so, you know, yeah, but I don't really think, you know, that they, they had some quite advanced science, but it wasn't like hundreds of years of, in advance of the West. Ashley. Can you give us an overview of the Nazi bell? I'm not familiar with that. Mm, yeah, I don't know this one either. I'm certainly not an expert uh, in it at all. Stella can chip in on this, but uh, I, I remember seeing a documentary about it, and it's a uh, it is a giant sort of UFO looking thing, a, a sort of um, UFO shaped well, looks just metal like a bell. object that was uh, yeah a, um, a big sort of like a sphere, wasn't it, and a metal sphere or something? But anyway, it was a very strange looking thing. It, they diverted a lot of the power that was being generated in Nazi Germany to to power this thing. And nobody knows what it was really for, whether they were trying to sort of levitate it off the ground using, you know, some sort of anti-gravity technology. Or, um, so no one can really work out what it was for. So it's a bit mm. of a mystery, really. It still exists, does it still? I think, you know, what the documentary I saw was made maybe 30, 20, 30 years ago by a British guy, and he was actually wandering around the site. Yeah, look, I, I really don't know a lot about it. I wouldn't, I'd just murder it if I tried to pretend that I knew about it. But um, it was, it was before, I, yeah, I've only seen a couple of um, documentaries about it too. And I believe there was more than one, um, you know, but they sort well, of talk yeah, about the absolutely. bell, but there was, there was several of them apparently. Well, maybe. Um, and and uh, there was something to do with plasma involved, which was speculative. Maybe our our listeners know and can send us some good references to enlighten us. Definitely. And the other thing I wanted to chime in about, as far as that goes, it really makes me think about the whole sound, right? So there's allegedly, there's a sound that is considered to be, or sound frequency that's considered to be soothing to humans, which I think is 432 hertz or gigahertz. I so I'm, I don't, I don't know that stuff, but something like that. And then, you know, some of the elite lizard people, I believe was a, um, or excuse me, predator lizard people wanted to change the way that music was presented. I think it was a Rockefeller and changed like the Hertz that things were delivered to us in to make it more displeasing. And, you know, we have tuning forks and things like that. And like sacred places where sound comes back to you and and all this stuff so it almost makes me think that maybe it had something to do with sound also and we know that sound or music or loud music whatever per justin's last story um on not your mama's news this week what can be um very upsetting to humans or it can be soothing to humans so i don't know i think i think cats mastered that technology a long time ago cats you mean yeah. the pur they're purring they're purring <laughs> and they're yes they're it's meant to be very cathartic <laughs> well then there's there's people mm. out there that suggest that cats purring the frequency of the vibration they're creating is actually heals like internal like you know issues and organs and things yeah uh, yeah it's, it's weird not people so that's yeah. <laughs> they take them into um, they take them into old people's homes and stuff for therapy. Mm -hmm. So interestingly, You're not enough, really a cat person, to be honest with you. In uh, Stephen King, which he has been, we've kind of talked about him because he very, very much has all of these occult symbolism, you know, in his writing that I really didn't recognize. But in the story. Uh, which is the follow-up to The Shining. It's called Dr. Sleep. So the young boy from The Shining is actually in a, a home and there's also a cat in there that works with him kind of like they are comforting to people at the end of life. So I don't know. That's just kind of interesting to me. That, that movie, they made, a, they made a movie about it. It's, <laughs> it's better than you think it would be. Dr. Sleep. Yeah, I've got that. I've downloaded that. Um, it's like three. I, I bought that. I mean, so, it's yes. like three hours long. <laughs> but it's Dr. an occult Sleep. topic, right? It's super occult. The fact that the the bad guys are people that are feeding off of the fear and the energy of children, which is I don't know. It's just interesting. 
It's going to be a yeah, long film, Justin. The clue's in the name, isn't it? Sends you to sleep. <laughs> it's like we're 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 a world um, of people with no attention spans, and yet all they put out are three hours. If hour I movies. could, yeah. <laughs> if I could drag us back on topic for a minute here, um, please. Uh, what I was going to say about Nazis, they were interested in a lot of kind of esoteric technology and also a lot of sort of occult stuff. So oh, totally. they weren't averse to trying crazy things out just in the hope that, you know, that something good was going to come out of it. I mean, they sent people out to look for the Ark of the Covenant, goodness sake, in the hope that, you know, basically that story behind Ra in Raiders of the Lost Ark was partly true. They did send people out to try and mm -hmm. find Raiders, um, the Ark of the Covenant so they could use it for their own nefarious means. So, um, I thought so the yeah, uh, who knows what they were trying. I thought the true part of that movie was that... Uh... Indiana Jones shot that guy in the middle of the street and everybody just kind of cheered and let him go. I think I thought that was the amazing part of that. That is in the that is in the second movie. Come on. That's not in the first movie. It is. <laughs> yes. He gets him with the whip in the first movie. And then the joke is that the second and no, no, you're right. No, hang on, hang on. No, he might be in the first movie. <laughs> you're gonna try to argue with me about Indiana Jones. <laughs> so uh yeah but um has anyone had any strange sightings of, of interesting things in the sky or aliens even i do not but we do have a member in the propaganda report um ce5 guy yes yeah he used to do I think it was monthly, like they just go out in the middle of a field where there was no light pollution. And um, they would have encounters with extraterrestrial beings. And uh, the first thing I asked him was like, how many drugs are you guys doing? Um, <laughs> and they they don't really do drugs. And I was like, oh, well, that's surprising. But yeah, it's, it's and apparently... The way that he kind of explained it to me was something along the lines of like, you have to put the energy out there to get the energy back from them, which on one hand, it kind of makes sense, but it also just kind of feels like a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing, where if you're putting this energy out there that you're and you're expecting it back, you know, um, I've talked about the placebo effect a bunch. So it's one of those things where mm -hmm. it's like, who knows? Yes. Yeah, I was looking on their there website. Are, there are people who sorry, Tim. I was looking on their website that he's I don't know if it's his website, C Five Guys, but it, he's part of that group. And uh so the way they describe the method for communicating with uh extraterrestrials is that you um you have to get in sort of a like a fugue state or something, like meditate enough and then your your brainwave becomes open at, at one point to the transmissions and stuff and so uh it, it sounds a lot like what happens to me when i'm at work and i start dozing off and i'm balancing my head <laughs> so i don't like tip over and I'll, I'll just i'll slowly almost go to sleep and then i'll i'll i'll, I'll hear i'll hear things said to me like in my my head and it's just like it's a half dreaming. Yeah, it's like a half dream state. And so, uh, what I've what I've yeah. been doing for the past couple of years is, when I hear something and I immediately snap out of it, I'll write the little message down. But I've been recording them in our that close encounters channel. Well, and for the record, wow. this is all hypothetical because Kilter would never sleep at his job. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we don't recommend falling asleep it's, at your work. Uh, it's not, not actually sleep. It's not a way to get on in life. <laughs> I do like it when Kiel posts uh, that my stuff. My brother had a great arms. technique. In, um, sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a sidetrack, but my brother had a great technique for that in his first job. He would uh, go to sleep sitting at his desk with his feet up on the desk in such a way that they were uh, propped against the door to his office mm. so that if someone came in, his feet would fall off the desk and then he'd immediately wake up. <laughs> Ferris Bueller that up we don't recommend that listeners no, no. either uh, by the way um, 
uh, I, I want to talk a bit about this uh, alien abduction. Oh, sorry, Stella. Stella's got something to say. About uh, just quickly, just before work, we... Maybe. <laughs> so, no, I was just, while you guys are chatting there, I was just reading about the CE5 because it did spark something in the back of my mind that it was it is actually connected to Stephen Greer. Uh, I was just reading here, um, Dr. Stephen Greer has been at the forefront of the disclosure movement to reveal UFOs to the public. He has developed a protocol in the form of a meditation and audio app called CE5 Contact, uh, a process for summoning UFOs and UAPs, unmanned aerial I don't know what the P is, uh, in the sky. Mm. Carl and, uh, yeah, anyway, that's basically it. So, uh, yeah, he's got an app, um, which you, know, you can download to apparently summon these things. But just on that subject, I, from my perspective, uh, demons know what you're thinking. They know how to respond. They know how to fool you into thinking that you're talking to somebody when they're actually, you're not talking to that person, which I believe is also getting into the seance realm. Um, so that's my perspective on it. But yeah, the CE5 thing is a Greer based. Yeah, the, the problem, uh, I can tell you, I can tell you a bit about Stephen Greer. He had some hearings, yeah, he, he got a load of witnesses. Um, he did this in America a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I'm not sure. But he, he had some sort of retired judges who were going to assess the evidence. And uh, he got all these um, people from the military who witnessed strange things uh, and, you know, ordinary people who witnessed the phenomenon or maybe witnessed dead aliens. And his idea was he was going to try and sort of bring this to the public attention. There's something going on. He, he's very much in the alien camp. And he, he's, he's also in the they're all good camp. You know, even if they, they abduct you and probe you anally and do horrible things to you and traumatise you for the rest of your life. They're basically okay. They're all, all, all right. Um, which is what I wanted to talk about next. You know, this alien abduction phenomenon, which is like been going since the 60s. And one of the things that makes me doubt whether they're really sort of highly intelligent aliens is that they seem to be doing the same things over and over again, abducting people probing them in exactly the same way you know surely they know everything they need to know by now unless there's some sort of continuing study they're doing over over years and you know they're, they're typically it's these greys who don't seem to be um like they don't really resemble full fully uh, realized beings a lot of people think there might be some sort of robot or cyborg or something so um I really don't know what to make of that, but there's an awful lot of people reporting this, you know, ordinary people who, you know, suddenly wake up in the night and have this terrifying experience, and it typically goes on throughout their life. It's a very strange thing, and I really don't know what's going on, so... Ken, I asked you, because we got a couple of sci-fi readers here, right? At least, I think, Kiltor was sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Do we yeah. know what, like, yeah. did... Yeah, did people start reporting getting anally raped by aliens first or did that start popping up in like sci-fi um like fiction literature first i don't know what came first the chicken or the egg i was just looking up when when was the first okay. alien abduction uh reported i haven't actually quite found the answer yet Ooh, but that's a good question the barney and the barney and betty hill the, incident the first, comes up. The first the first really famous one was the Betty and Barney Hill, yeah, in the 60s. And um, mm. uh, I don't think they talked about it for quite a long time afterwards. I think that was about 63 or something, early 60s, I think. Uh, I hit 61. And that was the first one that really came, 61, right. So that was the first one that really got very famous and came to the public's attention. And uh, I think it more or less came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone had been reporting that much before, but... The problem that um, you have with this is that, you know, if this is a, if this is really happening to people, it seems to be highly traumatic and, and people don't want to talk about it because, A, you, they're going to say you're crazy and, and B, it's it's just really disturbing. It's like being raped, you know, uh, we don't want to talk about these nasty things that happen to them. Yes, and Justin. Like, didn't you say the first, that was like in the 60s when that first famous one was? 1961. Yeah. So, I mean, also, that makes a whole lot of sense because that's really when the our first, like, level of mass communication really became popularized. Um, because how do, like, 
like unless we go through like old letters from like you know 1776 like oh dearest lenore today on may 5th <laughs> you know and be, because that's who how would anyone ever know lenore would just read that letter and be like oh shit my husband's gone nuts uh i got to go find a new husband luckily he's three months away yeah. it's okay no, he's been abducted point. yeah i don't probably something one. to do with that yeah it's, actually, I actually, um, sorry. Well, go ahead, Stella. I was just going to say, I, I did actually see something in Tasmania. It was a very large, bright pink light that hovered for a little while and then disappeared straight up once. But that's all I can really say about it. <laughs> so, yes, I have did seen you, something odd, but I'm not you, really a believer. We, Look at the um, it was three I hours I told later. you guys we have a dark... We have a dark sky reserve here, so um, the sky is very uh, beautiful at night. You can see loads of stuff. So you see satellites passing overhead quite a lot. And every now and then, maybe about 10 times since I've been here, I, I do look up the sky quite a lot because I'm interested in it. You see something that looks a bit like a satellite, but is moving erratically. And so it can't, you know, satellites don't do that. They move a constant speed and a constant direction. And these things are sort of wobbling about in the sky. And Kieran and I saw one just last week, in fact, you know, showed it to her. I said, what do you make of that? You know, that's that's moving, wobbling around, isn't it? And she said, yeah, that's that's not moving in a straight line. So we, you know, we see strange things um, right now. But like I said before, I, I think the Americans have got a lot of, pretty advanced technology now whether it came from alien craft or not you know or whether they developed it themselves so i don't know if we'll you know people talk about the secret space program that you know they're, they're able to sort of do a lot of things that we don't know about and mm -hmm. they have these advanced craft that are very much black projects so you know hardly anyone knows about so i think that's probably true yeah yeah I, a lot of anyone else see anything a lot of strange I can't say I've ever seen any lights and stuff that I thought were anything other than some something normal. Uh, but uh, I have I have experienced you know sleep paralysis, which is related to abductions and stuff. We, we talked about that in our end of year show um, in 2022. So I don't know. I think I, I think most of it is explainable through mundane you know, in mundane ways, but you know, there's something, some of those people really, you know, they have very pretty amazing stories. And, uh, I remember I, I've, you know, I, my whole life, I've been watching those kind of, uh, magazine, you know, interest shows about UFOs and ancient histories and, you know, all that ghosts and stuff like that. And I remember, uh, one of them that was about alien abductions, they were profiling this guy and he, his experience was that he had, he'd been abducted and he said the aliens implanted something in his knee. And when he, he went to the doctor and they did a scan on his leg eventually after, you know, convincing them, yeah, there's a, something in my knee. And, and, uh, and there was a little, little nodule or something in there and they ended up extracting it. And it was just like a, like a fibrous, uh, he had it like uh, in his in the show, so I don't I don't know what it was. I don't know if he was able to get it, you know, spectral analyzed or anything to find its components. But you know, some of those stories are pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm sorry I missed the beginning. Was it, who was that? That, that was just a uh, somebody on a, like a a TV show I watched many years ago, and he was oh, one okay. of the people they interviewed about being abducted. Right. Yeah. Um, personally, I think a lot of the the um, abductions are the <clears throat> yeah the DMK Ultra thing. I think um, they can do some pretty amazing things to your mind mm -hmm. that are very convincing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's definitely a bit of that going on, but I, I'm not quite sure what their motivation is. But then it's it's hard to work out what the motivation of the aliens are if they're aliens, you know, but. I always kind of think, Multiple. well, they're aliens, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily going to understand everything they do. They think differently to us. 
Yeah, they would have a completely different physiology. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have two arms and two legs and 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 a, you know, tinfoil spacesuit on. That they would be something unimaginable by human brains. I mean, just look at the wild, crazy fish that are in the middle of the ocean, and that's on the same planet as as us. Yeah. And like that stuff looks alien enough as is. Like it, yeah. it is kind of ignorant to just assume that life from millions of light years away would be the same as us Mm -hmm. i think that would right that would be even more like i would assume like astronomically um impossible than just aliens existing like the the chance that they would end up like us would be crazy uh star trek less explain that away because you know what in star trek all of the aliens are kind of humanoid and there was an episode i i think it was next generation where they found a planet where there was like this ancient abandoned broke down uh like bio lab or something along those lines and the whoever it was that ran that place had had been planting um some kind of dna seed on different planets that ended up evolving from the same uh material that you know so klingons and romulans and humans and whatever the hell else all just kind of evolved into the same general shape and that's how they, they explain <laughs> that's like, that that's elon musk's future yeah. <laughs> it's just what i was gonna say you know if, if maybe they put us there in the first place and maybe that's why you know we look a bit like them well, yeah. and i do really enjoy the theory that we were all actually martians and that mar like you know whenever mars became got to the point where it was unlivable they sent you know a spacecraft to um earth and you know life kind of restarted here mm. but why wouldn't they have come here instead of sending uh, you know a genetic seed i maybe we're just I'm not, we just i'm not point. super familiar we with but we've just forgotten Right, and I think one of the theories is kind of like the Superman thing, where it's like, you know, something immediate was about to happen, and they didn't have time for, like, everyone to flee, so they just, Mm -hmm. you know, shipped out what they could and, you know, prayed for the continuation. you know, maybe they did leave, and they started, a, a like, a they landed their ship, but buried it deeply, because they didn't want the next civilization to remember, like Justin was saying, or, or Terry was saying, they just... We don't remember that. And the, the first generation of Martians that came out of that ship buried an, it and all the technologies and said, didn't maybe, mention it to their kids. And Maybe in a desert in New Mexico. <laughs> Could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right next to the, the Yucca there's a very, Depository. <clears throat> there's a very interested nuclear physicist who uh, reckons he's detected um, isotopes in the Martian atmosphere that signify that there was a big nuclear war <laughs> on Mars. Mm. So I don't know if I quite believe it. He's, he's a very interesting guy. Well, can can I ask you guys? We don't have too much time left. Have, have you guys heard of the conspiracy theory? That on February 20th, 1954, Dwight Eisenhower um, was on vacation and then he had made a secret trip in the middle of the night to meet with two uh, yeah. aliens. That no. sounds familiar. Yes, I certainly have. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to have landed at, uh, at one of the US Air Force bases. I can't remember which one it was. Met with two aliens and supposedly negotiated this agreement where. Uh, the aliens would give uh, the U.S. some technology in exchange for permission to abduct the aliens. Uh, sorry, for the aliens to abduct some U.S. citizens and mm. experiment on them in there in the way that only aliens can do. Mm. And uh, <laughs> supposedly, uh, another another spin-off of that story is that the aliens didn't uh, quite keep to the treaty and abducted more. U.S. citizens than they were supposed to. So Eisenhower was cross about that. But, you know, them being aliens with more superior technology, there was nothing much you could do about it. Was that was that Valiant Thor? Was that the name of the alien that he met with? 
I, I yes, got that's a, right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. According to the Washington Post article I pulled up, they were the aliens in general. They were dubbed Nordics. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the Nordics, right? They're the tall, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, um, I just am much more interested in what's underground than what's out there because they keep shifting our focus to out there, out there. NASA keeps getting more and more millions per day and what have you. And we've got the Vatican with their controversial Lucifer telescope <clears throat> looking out there, the final frontier, and I still maintain the final frontier is our minds. That's what they want. Um, uh, Terry, I, I was meant, just going to ask. I meant underground, under the earth. Because you know, oh, a lot of people say that aliens have got bases in mountains and things, yeah. Mm, I think what, whatever is underground Sorry, yeah, is a lot more interesting than what's out maybe, there. Um, maybe, maybe aliens with bases and mountains and what, what was it, Sweden doing um, experiments with lasers and lightning? Oh, yes, yeah. Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. Yeah, on the mountain. We know there's a lot of dumbs, you know, in mountains and all that sort of thing that have been for a long, long, long time. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where a lot of this money's going to, to uh, building the bunkers, making them real. I mean, I have no doubt they go down for kilometres, like multi, multi, multi. Yeah, we we would be blown away if we knew what was down there. I don't think we could even fathom it. But, um, yeah, I think the final frontier is our mind. That's what we will look they want our, our soul, our mind, our very essence. Uh, they just something they don't seem to possess. I think they're uh, literally um, looking for a matrix esque future, where like they're they're completely green, but like we are the energy. Yeah, they they need they need us to do something, but yeah, they don't. They just want to completely control. I mean, every every aspect of our lives. In order to, they do, and um, be able to make. Uh, talking of that, my my wife often says that maybe some of these elites are aliens because she can't really come to grips with the fact that these these evil, um, not elites, lizard people. <laughs> well, I'm um, glad you know can really be human uh, with all their evil plans. They well, don't I'm seem glad... to be like us, do they, fundamentally? No, no, and I'm glad you brought that up because if there's a great documentary out there, um, it's actually a two-parter, Iron Sky and Iron Sky 2, The Coming Race, which will prove to you that all of the elites are alien lizard people living in the center of the Earth, and that is why it is illegal to go to Antarctica because that is where the entrance is. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dis disagree yes, with that and, possibility there. And Nazis. Is it really yes. illegal to Can go? I to point America? out to our listeners that they're not. It's not really a documentary. <laughs> they are movies. <laughs> um, just wanted to mention that Justin's demons pulling out of leg. Well, he's been talking about Demons. that show for a while. I, I've forgotten about it, but I'm, I keep yeah, meaning to watch yeah. it. I, I, I watched, I watched, I, I tried to watch Iron Sky and I was a bit, sorry, Justin, I was a bit disappointed, really. Couldn't it's get the best the documentary it. ever created. <laughs> I might recommend maybe watching it or Little oh. Stone, but honestly, like for me yeah, personally, that's where I wrong. Yeah. yeah, for me personally, it was like a 12 out of 5. Hmm. <laughs> the second was better Stella, before we before we wrap up let's see what Stella has to say <laughs> sorry um, I was just want, wanted to point out that as it has been pointed out quite a lot lately that we, we only see a very small part of the visible spectrum of light um, we don't really know what's outside that realm but there, it has been suggested that there are, there's stuff whizzing past us and living around us and observing constantly but there's no way of proving that we don't know that so that comes down to a belief system but um i believe that uh, demons if they exist which i believe they do um can manifest physically and come into our spectrum so uh that's a possibility of what is deceiving us in many situations including aliens yeah that's about all i got to say about it hp lovecraft used to write about the idea that that we could we could see and interact with this 
other dimension of of beings if we created a certain uh, resonance field he wrote stories to that effect and uh, so i'm just saying it's yeah that's uh that idea has been around and well we, i mean it's it's a it's a interest it's a it's an interesting theory and people it's in the bible you, yeah people will tell you that the way to enter like that uh, realm is with dmt um which is if you actually pay attention to people's stories like they're all relatively you know like they all enter the same place and they meet these machine elf creatures and um yeah there's a lot of really smart people that you know swear by it so mm-hmm. take well, it the as whole you ayahuasca the whole ayahuasca thing is meant to open up your you know, yeah. your third eye and or your pineal or whatever it is and i will say that i did um dmt twice um, I didn't get to, like, it was a light dose. It, it honestly terrified me. But um, I did, like, when I would le- lean back and close my eyes and get the visuals, like, I did see, like, what I can only describe as, like, Incan, like, symbolism and, like, you know, my closed-eyed visual um, effects, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty interesting because that's also where DMT comes from in South America, the rainforest. Yeah, no, I wouldn't discount any of that. For me, I think it's multi-dimensional, really. A bit of unknown military technology, probably a bit of aliens visiting, maybe a bit of uh, multi-interdimensional creatures like demons. You know, who knows? It's uh, well, maybe the military are working alongside the demons. Any, anyone got you... any final thoughts before we wrap up? Let me run a. For drug Justin, cast part two, a gog to say something. Yeah, for drug cast part two, how Number about two. we all sit around and we'll all smoke some DMT and then we'll <laughs> podcast our experience. I was just going to say, I've got an experience. Terrific podcast. I've got an experience, but I'm going to keep it for the drug thing. <laughs> okay, but it would probably end up just us staring blankly into our screens. Oh well, when you're smoking, so, yeah. it only lasts for like five or ten minutes. Oh, okay. Whereas yeah, I, I don't think it'd be terribly entertaining for our, our legions of fans, but you know who knows. They can they can all sit back and smoke it, DMT was with it, us. Was it well, PT Barnum said you should never underestimate the intelligence of the the great you know the great public out there or something like that. You know, basically, you can make a buck from doing anything stupid you like. It was what you meant. Really. <laughs> yeah. Just say like I've seen the public. You're like, <laughs> don't buy anything. Except the truth. Don't, don't diss our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> They're our lifeblood. Uh, right. right, I think we should probably wrap up unless anyone's got any uh, anything they're dying to say right now. Anyone? No. So, right. Well, Thank you we very didn't, much. We didn't get listening. to talk about Pine Gap, but that's another that's another show, perhaps. Pine Gap well, is a very interesting subject. Well, I mean, we could talk about this sort of subject for for hours, couldn't we? Maybe we need a part two on this. I was just going to say, if the listeners out there enjoy the topic and they want to hear more about it, we can go more in depth. Uh, maybe we can even get CE5 guy to come on who is actually, uh, says he's had experiences yeah, yeah. with ETs. Mm-hmm. Tweet at us, email us, text us, call us, let us know. Because the, like, if you let us know what content you like, we're, we're going to sell ourselves out and we're going to go for that kind of content for you. <laughs> Yeah. If you know Jack Vallée, I'd love to get him on to talk about UFOs. He's a great guy to talk talk about this stuff. Um, so, uh, okay, so let's wrap up. Thank you, everyone, for coming along and taking part. And thank you, everyone, for listening, watching, or enjoying this podcast in whatever way you, you, you wish. If you've got any interest in UFO experiences you want to share with us. Sorry? Well... Okay. Uh, to our, to the, our extraterrestrial fans that are listening, I just want to say, Nanu Nanu. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. We hope to beam this across the galaxy. So if any Greys or um, Nordics are watching, please, you know, email in and, and don't abduct us though and do experiments on us. We don't really want, want that. Thanks very much. Just an email will be satisfactory for the moment. Perfect. So, uh, but yeah, if you've had any interesting experiences, please do send them in and, uh, you know, Maybe we'll read them out if you're lucky. 
So thanks very much, everyone, for taking part. Thanks very much, all our fans and listeners, all the many hundreds of you that are out there now. And we hope to see you next time on Union of the Unknown. So let's all say goodbye, everybody. And don't have nightmares about abductions. Have a good night, everyone. Lucid lives matter. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 